Welcome back to the Technically Speaking Podcast, the podcast where we discuss how we can better use technology in ministry. I'm your host, Jack Dodgen, and today I have a very special episode for you. Uh, I'm getting close to about my 10th year of online ministry in some capacity, and I thought what I would do today is share 10 lessons that I've learned over the course of that decade and just uh, share those mistakes and things with you, those those thoughts and ideas that I've had come to mind, the things that I've learned, uh, so that hopefully you can, if you've been doing this for a while or if you're wanting to do this, uh, that you can learn from those things and that they'll be helpful to you along that journey. Uh, before we get going into it, uh, I want to kind of retrace my steps from when I started to where I am now, and then we'll get into the 10 lessons for today. I started doing something online probably about the my junior year of high school. Uh, I was, uh, by that point, I was sure that I was going to go into ministry, that I wanted to go to preaching school. I had all that already laid out. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And so I took it upon myself to, uh, within the youth group, make a Facebook group. And at that time, in your Facebook groups, you could mass message everybody in the group. I think that's changed uh, since then, you didn't really have pages or anything, but you had groups. And so I invited everybody in the youth, uh, everybody in the youth group to the page. And every week, I would send out probably about a paragraph, maybe two paragraphs worth of material on uh, here are some ways to be encouraged or challenged or whatever. And I would take a passage, work off that passage, and just kind of get that out there to them. And that was really my first foray into doing something online to try to encourage other people. From there, I went to school uh, just a few, uh, a couple years after that. I went to school at Bear Valley, and there was a ministry tech class. Uh, and in that class, I, at that point, I had kind of dropped off the weekly thing just a little bit. And then uh, in ministry tech class, we were required to make a blog. And so I started a blogger account and started doing something there where I wrote every week. And from that point, I said, okay, I'm kind of really interested in doing this. And so I got a WordPress account and started maintaining that even more. Instead of writing just once a week, I started putting out uh, little Sunday articles uh, that were shorter and easier to read and had some discussion questions at the end of them. And I also started messing around with uh, some other types of things and sharing with other people and thinking about making a Facebook page, though I didn't quite get there. But it was at the end of my second year of college that I, uh, another friend of mine said, hey, I'm wanting to do this website. I want to call it Strong Church. Here's kind of the idea of what I want it to be, and I want you to be a writer. And uh, I was all on board for that. I jumped in to be a writer, and then as it turned out, uh, the other guy that he was going to do this with was going to be really involved, and then he kind of stepped back, and so I filled that void. And here I am about six years later with Strong Church, having done it all these years, and we've been more active in some parts than others. Uh, we've been involved in videos. We've been involved in podcasts. We've been involved in uh, lots and lots of writing over those years. And looking back on some of my posts from the early days, which I have saved and I have them available, but they will forever be locked away in my little time capsule to look back on, never to be released into the world again, uh, because they were not very well written. They might have been helpful at the time. I think it was the best that I could do at the time, but looking back on it, uh, it was very bad, which is something you want. You want to be able to look back and go, wow, I've grown a lot, but 
you know, I hope 10 years from now, I'm not looking back at the things I'm writing now and going, yikes, I've grown a lot here too. Uh, man, my writing was bad 10 years ago. Uh, I hope that's not the case from here 10 years later, but who knows? Maybe that'll be the case. Uh, I do plan to continue to grow and, and get better, and hopefully these lessons I've learned here will be lessons that are uh, continually helpful to me as I move forward. With all that said, there's no tech tip today because technically you're getting 10 of them. So we'll jump right into those. All right, uh, I have 10 tips for us, 10 lessons that I have learned from 10 years of online ministry. Here's the first, consistency matters. This is something that any article you read on blogging or podcasting or whatever it is you're doing online, they will tell you you need to figure out your schedule and post consistently to that schedule. If it's once a month, do it once a month on the same day around the same time every month. If it's once a week, again, same thing, same day each week, uh, same time each week, and try to keep all of that consistent. But it's not just in scheduling. Uh, you want to keep the type of content you produce consistent. If you are somebody who likes to go into uh, Bible passages and study them in depth, then do that and continue to do that all the time. And you will become the person who goes into passages in depth and writes on those things. That's a good place to be. Uh, for me, a lot of what I write, though I do get into the delving into passages a little heavier, I spend a lot of time writing about the culture. And that's kind of where I've planted my flag. I want to write about the culture and I want to write about uh, Christians responding and living within that culture and what they can do. And so you keep your type of content con uh, consistent there, and you also want to keep your quality consistent. That's not to say that you won't get better over time or worse over time, but hopefully you're getting better over time. But you want to do well every time you put something out. Uh, if you have dips in your quality, that's going to affect your readership as well. That is lesson number one. Lesson number two is don't post on a bad day. Now, notice I didn't say don't write on a bad day. It's perfectly fine to write something out if you are feeling upset about something, if some things that you've seen elsewhere online or in your congregation or something just upsets you, but don't post those things on a bad day. Uh, I have definitely been guilty of kind of writing a rant sort of post and putting those things up. I haven't done it in a while, and I'm endeavoring to not do that anymore because uh, while that was... It wasn't okay when I was younger, but I thought that it was okay younger. I know better uh, than to do those things now. It's okay to write those things out, but take some time away from it. Let your emotions kind of cool off. Let your logic side come back a little bit and think about it and read through it and go, would it really be smart for me to post this? Is this going to cause more harm than it does good? Is it really worth it to call these things out uh, and risk alienating some people? Uh, don't post on a bad day. That's lesson number two. Lesson number three Keep things positive even when the subject is not. Uh, it can be really easy, and for the last couple of years, because of some events in my life, uh, I've kind of been a bit more cynical and pessimistic than I, I have been in the past. And so it was easy for me to write an article, for example, uh, you know, five things God doesn't want us to do. Well, that is what I'm going to write about, and that's, you know, it's true. These things are right. 
but it's a negative slanted article. God doesn't want you doing these things. And my points would be, he doesn't want you to do this. He doesn't want you to do thing number two. He doesn't want you to do thing number three and on and on. Whereas uh, I could address the same topic, the same subjects, but I could do it in a positive way. Five things God does want you to do. Instead of writing, don't do this thing, I would say, do this other thing. Now, by saying do this, I am eliminating the thing that God doesn't want you to do, but I didn't have to write it in a negative way. I've tried to be a lot more uh, conscious of that in my recent articles of how I'm presenting it instead of giving a negative slant, don't do this, or these things are not good, trying and flipping that and saying it in a more positive way. Uh, Ultimately, that is a lot better uh, for those that are reading, and it's a lot better for you. Uh, It has helped me to not be as uh, cynical uh, and to get over those types of uh, bad attitudes that I may have about some things. If I look at it and go, okay, Maybe God doesn't want us doing these things, but I should focus on what he does want me to be doing. So that is lesson number three there. Keep things positive even when the topic isn't. Lesson four, don't chase after clicks. Uh, I was reminded uh, when reading through the Sermon on the Mount, we're we're currently going through a study on the Sermon on the Mount in one of the classes that I'm a part of. And in that Sermon on the Mount there in Matthew chapter 6, You have Jesus talking about prayer and fasting and giving, and in all three of those places he talks about uh, don't be like the hypocrites who stand out and announce their giving or announce their fasting. You can tell that that they haven't eaten in a long time because of the way they look, and they, they do all these things to receive glory from men. Well, that is the equivalent to me, at least in my mind, uh, as far as... Uh, reaching out for clicks. I'm going to title it this way so I can get more attention. I'm going to say things in this way to get more people to click on it. I'm going to use this picture to try and drive traffic. Uh, And that is not the right kind of attitude to have. Uh, It's not about chasing the clicks. It's about what Jesus says there in Matthew 6. Your father who sees in secret will reward you. We do this stuff for God, not for other people. Now, we want other people to be encouraged by the things we write or challenged by the things we write, but don't sacrifice the quality of what you have to say because you're chasing after uh, cheap clicks. You write something well, and people will come to that. You do the work of the Lord, and he will take care of the growth for those things. Lesson number five, reading will make you a much better writer. Uh, It helps you with style. It helps you with your ideas. uh, It helps you if you get stuck in a rut to kind of break through those things, not because you're going to steal from that author. In some cases, you're going to directly quote some things that the author said and build off of those. In other cases, something a writer will will say uh, will spur you on to another idea and might pull you out of this creative rut that you found yourself in. Uh, and I found that the more I read, the the better my writing is, uh, the, uh, the bigger the difference my writing has in it, uh, that I, I consciously look at the words I'm using and saying, oh, I can't, I can't use this verb again. I've already used it. I need to find a different word. So it helps me uh, write something that is more pleasant to read. And then along with that, it does help me kind of stay fresh on ideas as well as with newer books. It helps me kind of stay up on topics. And since I'm a culture writer, uh, that's very helpful to me of, of having a better understanding of what's going on and being able to react to it. Lesson number six your grammar matters. Uh, when I was first starting out and writing those those few little paragraphs that shall forever be locked away, 
Uh, I had a few people who would, uh, when I asked the teens, I would say, hey, did you read, you know, the, the thing that I sent out this week? And I remember there was, uh, there was one of the, the teen girls, she was just a, a few years younger than me. She said to me, well, I tried to, but there were too many typos within the first couple sentences, and so I quit. And while that was a really difficult thing for me to hear, and I believe I responded with, well, hey, you know what, short, just read through it anyway. Uh, it was a good reminder and something that obviously I've not forgotten over the course of these 10 years that uh, poor writing, and by, by which I mean bad grammar, misspelled words, wrong punctuation marks, those sorts of things will keep people away from reading what it is you have to say. Uh, I do make mistakes still in my writing. I'm sure I make a lot more than I know. Uh, but anytime I write something, I put I put a day between it if I can, and then I go back and proofread it. I look over it. If I'm really not sure about something, uh, I will Google it to make sure that I'm doing it right, or I'll pass it on to somebody else and say, hey, can you proofread this for me and look over it for me? Uh, and that has been really helpful. So if you have people that can help uh, be a network for you of proofreading, do that, use them, utilize those people because that does make all the difference. A um, few punctuation marks here that are wrong or misspelled words could mean the difference between somebody who reads what you have to say and somebody who completely ignores it. Lesson number seven, if you need a break, take a break. Uh, I have just this podcast, for example. Uh, if you go and look on our SoundCloud account, you will see this one and a Too Many Books podcast, and then my Technically Speaking podcast from a few weeks ago. And then the next closest one before that, there's six months of of uh, space between them. Because we ran out of ideas, we were kind of pushing ourselves too much, trying to do too many things, and then everything just dropped out. It would have been a lot better if we had said, you know what, let's skip one episode, let's take a few weeks here, let's let's recharge, let's have some ideas. Uh, and kind of distance ourselves from this and come back a little bit more fresh to handle these things. Uh, it can be tempting to say, well, I, you know, I write twice a week. I've got to put stuff out twice a week. Have somebody fill in the gap for you. Have somebody else write and then post those things. Take a little bit of a break so that you can recharge, get your ideas back, get your creativity back, and then start jumping back into it. Be sure to take breaks if you need them. Uh, it's okay. The world will keep spinning on, and you can get back to writing uh, the the quality stuff that uh, you are used to writing and that your readers are used to reading. Lesson number eight, uh, work with others. I mentioned in the last lesson there, uh, use other people to fill in the gaps when you are having this kind of this lapse in creativity and you don't really have any anything left in the tank. Uh, but this also extends to just maybe everything's going well for you. Well, use that platform that you have to help bring other people up. You're all on the same team. There are too many uh, writers I know that are competing with each other that are trying to fight for the attention of uh, this church group because that's the audience and I want to make sure I have more readers than this person. We don't have any room for that. That kind of stuff is is ridiculous. It's a waste of time and it's it's stupid. Uh, it is it is the Corinth problem uh, placed in our modern age. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm of Jack. I'm of this website. I'm of that website. It doesn't make any sense. Okay, we're all trying to accomplish the same goal, so we need to work well and help others up. That's why on Fridays on Strong Church, we uh, I try to put up two features every week, and sometimes we'll do a little more. But I try to feature articles and other things from other writers uh, across the kind of the blogging sphere and all of that because I want 
people to go read them as well because we're all trying to do the same thing to encourage, to inspire, and to challenge uh, other people in their walk with Christ. Here's lesson number nine. No one will say things the way that you say it. Uh, You may be hesitant to start a blog or a podcast or whatever because, well, there are already these other people who are better writers, who are better podcasters, who are better, better videographers, and I don't need to enter my name in that ring or that arena because they already do it so well. But the thing is, while they may be talking about the same stuff that you would They're not going to have the same perspective as you. They're not going to say things in the same way as you. They may not even reach the same people as you. And so go ahead and do that. There there have been a lot of things that I have done. Uh, The the Overcome website, whenIamweak.org, helping people through pornography addiction. I didn't imagine I was going to be writing a site like that. I think there are people who write much better than me, but I didn't see anybody doing it. And so I said, you know, there are a lot of people that I think are better qualified to talk about this subject, but they're not, and so I'm going to. Uh, And I hope that those people who are better qualified start writing on it, but until then, I'm going to keep going because they're not going to say things the way that I say them. They're not going to have the same perspective as as me, and that goes for anything. Uh, And so I write uh, because I, I think the way that I'm going to say something might be helpful to those that are around me, and that same thing is true with you. Uh, So don't let somebody else Uh, writing keep you from doing it yourself. We need more people, more Christian voices, uh, more Christian authors out there online. Here is the last point and one of the biggest ones in the online culture we find ourselves in. Listen to the criticisms of those that praise you. Everybody is going to, not everybody, but there are a lot of people who are going to be quick to criticize you, to tell you that uh, this article was bad, that your interpretation's wrong, that what you had to say is not helpful, that you're negative, that you are uh, really not helping anybody, that you are, in some cases, a false teacher, that you're a heretic because you, you are a little more liberal, you're a little more conservative than what I would like. Criticism's going to come, and for some people... It's hard to let that kind of roll off your back. Let it roll off your back. Uh, and I know that that's not terribly helpful. Uh, if, if I could just let it roll off my back, I would. I get that. But you have to ignore those sorts of things. Anybody who is willing to criticize and do nothing else is probably uh, jealous or, uh, or just lacking the ability to express their own thoughts, and so they're just going to work to tear you down. Ignore those kinds of people. That being said, the people that tell you you've done a great job, the people that tell you this was a great article or that they share it, and then another week they say, you know, I'm not so sure about this, those are the people that you should listen to. People that are always there for you and that lift you up when it's time to lift you up, Those are the people that you want there when it's time to bring you down a little bit too. Maybe you are a little too prideful in something you said. Maybe you are way off base in something you said. Well, you want the person who is normally in your corner. They're still in your corner. Just because they're criticizing you doesn't mean they've they've left your side now. No, they're still in your corner. They just want to help you see this thing uh, that they think that you got wrong. Listen to the criticism criticisms of those that praise you. Those are the people that you want to hear. That's the advice you want to take. Otherwise, positive or negative, the people that just swoop in and say, hey, you're the greatest writer ever and never criticize, let that roll off too. 
Uh, ignore the people who are in, uh, who are unbalanced in the type of feedback that they give to you, and listen to those that actually care, that praise you when it's time to be praised for something you did, and that criticize you when it's time to be criticized for something you did. This brings us to our action point. Uh, that is the name that I have settled on for uh, this kind of application moment. This this podcast is a little longer than I want them to normally be, but we are really covering a lot uh, within this episode of, of the 10 lessons. Here's the action point. If you've been writing for a while or, or doing anything online for a while, write down a list of the things that you've learned uh, and look back over those things kind of like what I've done here. Uh, look at those lessons, these things that you've learned over time and keep that somewhere as a reminder to you about, okay, I need to continue to read. I need to continue to accept criticism here. I need to continue to do this. And that'll help you get better at what you're doing. Uh, if you are just starting out or thinking about starting out doing some online ministry, make a list of some things, uh, some lessons that you would hope to learn, uh, some things that you would like to accomplish with your blogging, your podcasting, whatever it may be. Write that list out so that you have your goal of this is where I want to be eventually. This is where I want to hit eventually. Take this time for evaluation to to grow and transform, and that's going to help you. It's going to help your ministry, and ultimately it's going to help bring people closer to Christ. I'm Jack Dodgen. This has been the Technically Speaking Podcast. And remember that no matter where you go, online or off, you represent Jesus Christ. See you next time.